Best damn podcast, the best damn town. You want to get up, get ready to get down. Welcome to the greatest damn town in Montana, Great Falls. I'm your host, Rebecca Ingham, and I'm no damn expert, (laughs) even though the title of our podcast is We're No Damn Experts, um, but it feels weird to say we're no damn experts when Maddie's no longer with us, but (laughs) I'm no damn expert. In the studio with me today, so you don't have to listen to me stumble all by myself on a podcast alone, which would be very strange is someone who I firmly believe will make me a movie star at some point in the future of my life, who has filmed this amazing area, worked with some amazing talent, and has been an extra on a TV show that everyone knows and loves about Montana. With me is Paris Bread. Hello. Hello, Paris. How are you? I'm good. It's almost like we have a celebrity in here when you come in. I get all excited because you know so much about the film industry, filming locations. We've gotten to do some, I'm going to call them film projects, but I know they're not. Oh, they definitely are. Okay. They're film projects. So how did you get into film? What? Uh, back up. How long have you been in Great Falls? Because are you originally from here? So I was born in Browning, Montana, and then my okay. family moved here when I was... Almost one year old. And uh, yeah, grew up in Great Falls, Montana, then went to school at the University of Montana. And then I came back to Great Falls and I was actually going to move to Los Angeles to go pursue pursue my film career. Yeah. And uh, met my wife now and business was really good here and there's a need for video. So I just ended up staying. Oh, nice. It's been great. So what does your film career look like now since it's not in L.A.? and so it is actually really good here, and Montana's really taking off now with film, as you can see through Yellowstone and I think it's Big Sky and other TV shows. And uh, yeah, so mainly what I do here is I do video and photo, a little bit of photo, mostly video. And uh, I work from everything from smaller productions to local, and then all the way up to bigger productions like Yellowstone and Ford that I've worked with here. So Oh, wow. So, smaller productions, can we say who you've shot music videos for? Yes, we can. So, I've shot music videos. <laughs> My most recent one was Austin Martin. Okay. And uh, he's from Billings, records in Nashville, and then also is touring all around the United States right now. And uh, we shot a music video at the Newberry, which, oh. which was actually really cool. And that's a really cool space and uh, really cool people able to utilize the uh, stage and everything there and the lighting. So we got a really cool video out of that. Yeah. And the song for that video was something jukebox. It was jukebox queen. There and we go. The concept of the video is we kind of had like a dance video slash music video where everybody's dancing on the floor. Whereas like everybody kind of has their own jukebox queen, that person that you're like, oh, I like them. I would like to dance with them and then get to know them. So that was kind of the concept of the video. We had everybody there dancing and we had some really good coordination with uh, a lot of the dancers who can dance really well. Good. Because 
Um, we sent out a call for extras. <laughs> Maddie is like, uh, do you want to be an extra in this? I'm like, no, you, uh, I'm sorry. You have to dance and look good. If I'm going to make my movie career happen, it's not going to be doing that because somebody's going to watch that and go, yeah, let's edit that chick out. That didn't look good <laughs> at all. So, um, but I did hear you got plenty of extras to be in the background. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy to hear you had actual people who could dance uh, and weren't relying on all the talent that we could have provided. <laughs> yes. And that was really good, too. So one thing about Great Falls that's really awesome is there's so many people who are interested and willing to help with film because it's not a huge thing here right now. Right. It's getting bigger, but it's something that people are interested in. They want to see like how it works how does the lighting work how does the sound work how does the cameras work they like it's very interesting especially drones too and to be able to kind of bring that and show that to people here is really cool and i think they really enjoy it a lot so i always have an abundance of extras which is really nice so full disclosure the video the the film project we worked on was our uh, great falls montana tourism virtual familiarization tour uh which was really just an opportunity to showcase Great Falls to meeting planners because mm -hmm. they can all come here during the COVID timeframes. <laughs> so we enlisted Paris to say, show this community in the best way possible. Um, and it was amazing. We had great reviews and, you know, only took, what, seven years of your life to try and get that done. <laughs> it took a little bit, but it was a lot of fun to do. And a lot of really cool experiences out of that, like being able to go to the airport and film the planes landing. And oh, yeah. I just love watching planes landing. But uh, <laughs> uh, so got to go do that. And then we got a horse downtown. We were able to shut uh, downtown down in front of N-Bar. Yeah. And actually brought a horse into N-Bar. So that was actually a really cool experience. And then, of course, the Buffalo or First Nations Peoples Jump up there and the sunrise. That footage was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm using some of that footage in my reel. It was just the most perfect morning. And uh, shout out to Marvin Farmer again. Just absolutely amazing the story that Marvin was able to tell. And I don't know if he sat at home and rehearsed that, but it didn't seem rehearsed. It just seemed authentic to the story he would tell about the area, which is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of uh, Native American culture in this area as well as we saw from the video. And I'm actually Native American myself. I'm Blackfoot and Apache. So it's always cool when I get to work on projects like that. Well, we when we set up to do this, one of the one of the cornerstones that we tell about Great Falls is it is a natural meeting place and has been for long before colonization. And we wanted to be able to tell that story in the most appropriate way. The sad part for me is a lot of that story isn't able to be seen here today as it should be. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had many meetings with Blackfeet leaders about how this has all been Blackfoot country and how uh, 13 plus tribes use this area for their grocery store. Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people don't know what a buffalo jump is. So mm -hmm. when I equate it to that, they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So we were pretty honored that Marvin was able to do his component, that we got the footage we did. It's absolutely stunning. And if you are listening and you're like, quit talking about things we can't see. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but you can see it. We have it on our Facebook page. So feel free to go to facebook.com slash, I'm going to say it's Visit Great Falls, Montana. 
Maybe mm-hmm. it's Great Falls, Montana tourism. I don't know. We'll make sure you get it. Yeah. <laughs> but it is really opening scene, sets the tone. I was really proud of the way that turned out. It looked amazing. Yeah, and like I said, it was really a lot of fun to work on as well. Cool experiences meeting a lot of the uh, new business, or I guess not new businesses, but businesses around town and kind of seeing what they have to offer for meeting spaces. So we often hear people um, want to film in, I don't know, the more mountainous areas of our state. I'm going to call it the west side Mm -hmm. of the state. But here, if you were looking to do a film, would you agree with me? And then you can expound upon it if you want to. That Great Falls has so much diverse landscape that you would be easier to shoot any kind of film project here because you're easily access to the mountains, easy access to the plains, quick access to the rivers. You can get all those kind of backgrounds and scenes set up right here. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I really love about Great Falls. It's very centrally located with lots of diversity around it. Like you said, lots of mountains, lots of prairies, and then lots of rivers as well. So I kind of have a I guess toolbox of locations that I can use and even downtown Great Falls has a really nice look as well for city environments that you're looking for so I've utilized all that and it's all worked really great for me dish on some of the other films that you might have been a part of that um, it's your time to brag so my most recent one, uh, I guess, big film set that I worked on was Yellowstone. Mm. And that was a lot of fun. So the Yellowstone. The Yellowstone with the Kevin Duttons. Costner. I actually got to work with Kevin Costner, which was really cool. You're kidding. Yep. I was about five feet away from him. He's super <laughs> nice. Really cool guy. And, uh, and then also Casey, Luke Grimes on there. I got to work with him. And that was just a really cool experience. And normally when I'm on bigger sets like that, I'm working in the camera department because that's what I do. Uh, And on this one, I was an extra. So I'm just sitting there waiting for them to set up. And I kind of got like a little bit of anxiety. It's like, I feel like I should be working right now. (laughs) I could do stuff. Yeah. I was like, if you need me to change a lens, I can easily do that. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, that was a really cool, fun experience. And uh, I played a blackjack dealer in one scene. Okay. At the casino. And then for another scene, I was a protester. So... I saw the protester one. That's the one that (laughs) Maddie came in. She's like, Paris is going to be a protester. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited (laughs) for this episode. (laughs) It was really cool, too. It's amazing, like, what you see on screen versus what you actually experience when you're there. Because it took us eight hours to film, I think, seven minutes on screen. Oh, man. Because there's so many different setups. You got to work with the lighting. You got to work with the cameras. The cameras need dollies. Sometimes you're on Steadicam. So all of that has to be set up for certain shots, and they have to get it from every angle. And kind of when you're watching a show, you don't realize how many different angles there are. And, like, do we need a close-up on him? Do we want to see a wide? Do we want to see the protesters up close? So there's so many different ways of capturing general coverage versus, like, specific shots that you need. And then in that in that scenario, do they know when they're capturing that what the edit is going to look like? Or they're just getting those options so that when it goes into edit, they've got the options they want to make the story show the way they want it to. So most of the time, this isn't generally always, but most <laughs> of the time they already have the shots planned out that they want. But then they also get, like I said, something that's called general coverage. So they'll get a wide and some close-ups just in case if they need to... Uh, cut into one of those later on in post they're like oh we needed a shot of john getting out of the truck from a wide rather than the medium shot that we got so they'll get extra stuff like that when they're on set just so they have those options 
for later in post, but they generally have an idea of exactly what they want. So knowing this process like you do, does it make it easier to be an extra or harder to be an extra? Because I can't imagine if I'm sitting sitting being a protester, not protesting for six hours, Mm -hmm. I think I would get tired and then I would look like a lame protester on the show. I'd be just sitting there going, well, this is taking forever. You definitely do like for screaming for about eight hours. Uh, and they like gave us different things to scream. They're like, you know, meat is murder. Cause we were like protesting the cattle coalition there. And at the very end, I like, I ran out of stuff to say. So at one point I just screamed, I'm angry. So. <laughs> it's really fun though. And I, like, I totally nerd out on all the cameras there. I'm like, Oh, what kind of camera are they using? What kind of lenses are they using? Because the show looks so good right. that I want to see how they're achieving that look through the equipment that they use. Is it as much equipment as we would expect? I'm thinking like 20 cameras and 300 people just running around. So different scenes require different things. So the protesting scene that I was on had three cameras, had A camera, B camera, and C camera. So A camera usually is always on the talent and what they're doing. B camera is usually a different shot of the talent, so like a wide or a medium shot of the talent whereas the other one may be a close-up and then c is that kind of general coverage okay. so they'll get the wide and the the director will kind of move that around how he sees fit and uh yeah and then of course you have audio running then you have behind the scenes cameras running so there's probably five cameras running all at the same time three of them for the show two for behind the scenes and then a photographer behind the scenes as well so a little bit less than what i would have expected but still quite a bit yeah. of you know people engaged with this Mm -hmm. that's really cool and then you have like everybody else running around too so for each camera you have anywhere from three to five people helping with that one camera so you have the camera operator you have the first ac second ac and then maybe a camera pa or two okay so you have all that then of course you have the director cinematographer who are working together assistant director helping and i do have to say the yellowstone crew was probably one of the coolest crews nicest crews i've ever seen on set because a lot of time people are a little stressed out they're like literally time is money when you're on set right and they're like we gotta do this we gotta do that and like i just seeing their interactions with everybody and how like excited and happy they were to be there and uh yeah it was just really cool it's like oh i'd love to work with some of these guys sometime i think that's just the montana vibe mm-hmm. you had to get out of la to make it work because oh, yeah. you're just how do you get twisted? How do you get your panties all twisted up when you're in the middle of the scenery that you have mm-hmm. here in Montana? Yeah, and uh, some of the actors actually, and some of the crew have actually moved here just from their experiences in Montana. I know Luke Grimes just bought a place here in Montana. Are you and... going to go hang out with him later? Maybe. Uh-huh. My wife would like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to sit and have a beer and stare at you. Yeah. It won't be awkward yeah. at all, yeah, right? No, not at all. But yeah, everybody on set was super cool, and I think Montana's blowing up so much now is because you can drive five minutes you can drive an hour and just have some of the most amazing scenery you've ever seen for not just westerns but for any other kind of film that you can set in Montana and we've had a lot of different films set in Montana but even specifically Great Falls I know one of our greatest claim to fames is uh, one Thunderbolt and Lightfoot which everyone knows (laughs) very few people know and that's because of the age i think it was Mm -hmm. an early clint eastwood film Mm -hmm. i want to say it was done in the 70s my husband remembers it i've never heard of it (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll have to go watch it now. Yeah, go watch it. It's a lot of great fall scenery. Mm -hmm. Um, And my husband tells me stories. He remembers when it was filmed. I mean, he was little then. And I just look back and, you know, you see Clint Eastwood today. Mm -hmm. He still looks good. Yeah. Except for Cry Macho. I wasn't a fan of that movie. I did not see that movie. Oh, it was... Uh, wasn't my cup of tea, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a lot younger when he did Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. And you see a lot of the components of um, Paris Gibson Square Museum of Art is featured in it. And our downtown is featured in it. So it's a lot of components of Great Falls. And then we have the famous Canada scene from The Departed. That's not correct. Um I'm going to have to remember the name of that movie, but Mm -hmm. it was pretty big. They used the Hardy Creek Bridge down at Wolf Creek, mm -hmm. and it was an exchange scene in in Canada. Mm -hmm. I know other people are just screaming at us. The Untouchables. Oh, yeah. That's Mm -hmm. what it is. The Departed. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm pretty sure The Departed was in New York. (laughs) I know it was the name of a movie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This was The Untouchables. Gene Hackman was in it. Um, really famous scene, uh, and that's our bridge just south of town here. Mm-hmm. And then we've mentioned on the podcast number of other local filmmakers that have done films in this community. They're not big budget films. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric with Ectofy, I think I'm saying his name right, um, has done some horror movies mm-hmm. in the Cascade Public School System, I think, is where he filmed that. Nice. So. The first film I actually worked on was a horror film. Oh, yeah? And it was five days straight of about 15 hours a day from sundown to sun up. That's Im- that's Im- that's a lot. It was a bit. It was a really cool experience, but yeah, it was a uh, bit of work. And on that set, I wasn't in the camera department yet. I was just a grip, and grips are usually the uh, grunts of the set, so they'll mm. run around, help set up stands for lighting, set up tripods, all that kind of stuff. And then I actually got promoted to best boy on... Uh, I've always wondered what the best boy and best girl were. So the best boy and best girl are, uh, they're in charge of electric and running wires and whatnot. So they work with Genie, which is Grip and Electric. And uh, so, yeah, I was in charge of running wires and making sure that the wires aren't crossing, make sure they're taped down and all of that. So kind of not totally in charge of electric, but helping with a bigger part of it. Where do these names come from? Best boy, best girl. Oh, man early days of hollywood i don't know exactly where a lot of them have came from but uh yeah then you have like the gaffer who's like in charge of the lighting and i have no idea where that came from but i know what a gaffer is (laughs) i probably should know that (laughs) well it's just one of those things you learn what it is Mm -hmm. and then you never really just sit down and think well i wonder where that came from yeah and some of the names are wild too like Obviously, the director is pretty, you know. That one makes sense. Self-explanatory. But then for, like, the little fuzzy thing on a microphone, that's called a dead cat. And it's just, like, they get, (laughs) like. Of course. Yeah, they get, like, wild or stuff like that. And, like, tripods are called sticks. Kind of makes sense. But, you know. So, it just, I don't know. I think they just came from easy ways of, like, knowing what things are. And even clothespins, just regular clothespins they would use to clip something, are called C-47s. So, and I, I. There's a story behind that, but I can't remember what it is and why they're called C-47s. But, uh, yeah, so, like, on set you say, we need 10 C-47s, and you know instantly what it is. So it's not to confuse, like, with other things, so it makes it easier. It's kind of a language on set that 
if you're on set, you speak and you know what certain things are because of that. Does it also then weed out people like me who want to pretend like they know things? No, uh, <laughs> you can definitely learn it. It's not that hard, but uh, it's just fun to be able to kind of know those things. And I always get people ask me, they're like, oh, what is a grip? What is a PA? What is this? And it's kind of cool to know that and actually be on set and have been one of those things. Well, I think it's neat to have had every kind of experience mm -hmm. um do you want to be the feature actor in a movie acting to me was always just like a total side thing like it's where it's like oh yeah that would be fun like i would do it and my mom wants me to be a famous actor really bad <laughs> and my wife but uh to me it's never been that big of a thing it's just kind of a cool opportunity because i love working behind the camera and i love working with cameras and i'm a total nerd i know all the cameras i know all the tech specs and everything behind that and uh but yeah being an actor was always just kind of a side thing which i would totally do if i ever got the opportunity well why not if they're yeah. especially if they're gonna pay you a lot of money mm -hmm. i would do the, the number of things i would do for a lot of money paris <laughs> the list is long <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> there's very very few times where i'd be like hey now the the downside to that is I'd probably have to be good at whatever it was to continue to receive that money, but I really have that list of just one-time things. I'm going to do this. I'm probably not going to be good at it, so I'm not going to do it again, but I'm <laughs> going to get money at least one time for it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy too like how many kind of different methods of acting there is. You have someone like Leonardo DiCaprio who can kind of become whoever or Denzel Washington, but then you have people like Jim Carrey who's always kind of Jim Carrey in a movie, right. and that's just his personality. I always thought I could, I could act. Like, I always thought if, if push came to shove, I can act. However, I'm going to tattle on one of my friends. Jolene, my friend Jolene, asked me one time to help her with a prank with one of her friends about a car being stolen, and she asked me to call this person and pretend I was a police officer. I was so nervous and so scared and I was like this is obviously a gut check that I am not supposed to be a f an actor at all because I could barely do it mm -hmm. I could feel my voice quivering I'm like what if he gets scared and goes to the police and <laughs> what if he finds me out what am I gonna say <laughs> like the whole thing caused me anxiety the thing with acting, too, is to have a good director also to see kind of like what you're doing. And I know when I direct people, you can't just be like, be sad. And they're like, well, <laughs> how do I how do I be sad? So you can be like, well, look down a lot. Don't look directly at the other talent, uh, like wither up in your eyes a little bit. So there's little things like that that you can tell them, like slump your shoulders maybe a little bit to help them look, quote unquote, sad rather than just being like, be shameful. <laughs> or you can say, don't look at the person because you feel this way. So that's important too to have a good director as well so when you film a project do you have the full vision when you start um most of the time yes when the uh so i work all the way from like a client telling me we want to do this and then you just take the rest which i like doing and then i kind of build it from there or all the way from a client who like gives me a shot list and then has a script ready and everything so i've done like everything in between to where i can facilitate the whole thing or I can just be a piece of it. And uh, my favorite is kind of when I get creative control and I can kind of take it how I want. I'm like, oh, we should do this like this, or we should film it like this, or at this time of day to show this, so. 
So the project that we ultimately didn't do together was probably going to be the funnest one because I said, I've got this idea and you said, let's do it this way and let's add this and let's have this happen. And I was like, that's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like I said, my favorite is when uh, I get creative control, which is just extra fun for me because then I can obviously do what they need, but do it in kind of a cool, unique way that it may not be done in, by someone else. So we've been talking about, you talk about clients. Is there ever a component where you're just going to develop your own film, your own series, your own... I mean, because that takes a lot, a lot more work. Mm-hmm. And then, then there's the writing, the casting, the directing, the filming, the whole component. Do you ever see yourself doing that element of the creative spectrum? So I'm actually writing a short narrative film right now. I've mm-hmm. been writing it for about six months. And uh, it'll take place in the woods. It's kind of a horror film and kind of a thriller. And I don't want to say too much about it, but it involves like Native American black magic from the Southwest and stories that my grandmother told me and kind of incorporating some of those stories into this. So, Well, I don't think you need to say much more than that. That's (laughs) going to be amazing. So, yeah, it should be really cool. And I'm excited to do that. And then that's something also where I have creative control again and I can kind of make something my own because I do a lot of commercial work. That's kind of obviously what pays the bills. Right. And it's also fun, but uh, just being able to create something from the ground up and being able to have my own vision of it, which is also cool with music videos and why I love working with Austin and Chez and Jacob LaRock because a lot of the time they just let me kind of do whatever I want. And they love it every time, so right. I'm excited about that. Well, I think when you build that reputation and then <laughs> they say, hey, do this, <laughs> you're like, this is why I'm going to do it. Sounds good. Like, well, yeah. why are you even asking us? We have no expertise in this at all. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so when you are working on your project, uh, obviously you're scouting a lot of locations that mm-hmm. you want to consider for each scene. What's it like to scout a location around here? So, as I grew up around Great Falls, so I know a lot of the good locations. And, like I said, you can drive 30 minutes and be in the mountains from here. You can drive 10 minutes and be at a great river location. You can drive 5 minutes and be downtown at a really great downtown location. So, it just really kind of depends on what the client wants or kind of what they're looking for. And, like I said, I just have a toolbox of locations that I can use here. Do anybody, Does anybody who watch... Well, I'm going to start that over because that all started to come out wrong. <laughs> when people watch what you've produced or made, do they look around and go, where was this film? Then you tell them Great Falls and they are just shocked by it because I will preface that with I watched the Austin Martin video that was filmed at uh, N-Bar. Mm-hmm. Yes. None of that looks like Great Falls. And I know it is. <laughs> Yeah, and that's kind of the thing, too, with, like, you know, quote-unquote movie magic is, like, do you want to get a tighter shot on this so it doesn't quite look like downtown, but it looks like a downtown right. in a bigger city, maybe, or it may look like a smaller town going to a different location. So it just kind of really depends on the cinematography and how you show the environment that you're in. But then also, if you want it to look like Great Falls, then you obviously get wider shots so people can be like, oh, hey, I know that location. Yeah. Or like have to look closer and be like, wait, that looks familiar. So um, back to my question, did other, have other people looked at your work and said that can't be oh, in yeah. this town? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially with that one that you mentioned that Austin Martin 90 Days, they're like, where did you film that? That looks like, I don't know, 
somewhere in California or right. somewhere in Texas. I'm like, oh. I was like, no, that was Great Falls. Like, <laughs> it has great locations, just time of day, location, lens focal length, cinematography is how you make it look how you want it to look. I ain't doing that. Uh, just so, just so we'll put it on the record. That's not a skill set I possess. <laughs> so everything you said, if you're listening, Paris knows those things. And so if you know those things, <laughs> you'll have fun here. If you're like me and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to take my family photo just like that video. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm just going to go on record and tell you, no, you're not going to. It's not going to look the same. <laughs> yeah. With your iPhone 13. It's not It's not happening. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But what's really cool now about filmmaking, just in general, is that there's so many cameras and ways of capturing audio and drones that you can make uh, an entire film, if you have the creativity for it, for under $1,000, under $2,000. That's crazy. Like, there's whole film festivals dedicated to making movies on cell phones, which whereas back in the day, you would need to get a big film camera, you would need someone to operate it, you would need someone to help you operate it. And with drones, same thing. You need to rent a helicopter. You need to get a pilot. You would need to someone who someone who can operate a camera out of a helicopter. And now it's so easy to do that. And I know there's a lot of people coming up uh, around Great Falls in Montana that are starting to do film. And they're just doing amazing because we have these tools now that are so, I guess, not easy to use, but easier to use than, like, say, a big film camera Probably making it more accessible yes, to get into because then they can practice and develop and hone their talents like any artist, mm -hmm. I think, because um, it takes time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's not a moment where you're just going to pick something up and it's going to be brilliant and you're not going to improve upon it in your future. But I think um, if <laughs> I'll say this. If you just pick up your cell phone camera and you say you're going to be a professional photographer, that's not really the way the world works. Um, you will get better and do more as you invest in that equipment and you invest in the knowledge and the talent. Mm -hmm. But there are some people who are like, oh, no, I'll shoot your wedding on my phone. <laughs> It'll be awesome. <laughs> Which that's just comes down to experience. Also, like, what can you do with the tools that you have? That's like, true. I shot an Austin Martin music video that I made look like a 007 intro. And I shot that in my garage with a $10 bed sheet from Walmart and a leaf blower. <laughs> and you would not, you would think that it's in a big production studio. I even actually had one of my friends ask me, they're like, what studio, where'd you shoot this at? I was like, in my, my garage, garage with a bed sheet and a leaf blower. <laughs> so being limited like that actually makes you more creative, I think. Well, and I think if you know how you want to angle everything while you're you know, blowing the leaf blower on the sheet, then mm -hmm. all the better. Yeah. And, and that makes for funner stories. Mm -hmm. I mean, when people have all access, access to all resources available to them, sound stages, all the props they need, you know, they're not getting as creative. Yeah. And uh, this is actually in Las Vegas, but uh, I filmed a music video there in a hotel and then uh, just filmed out the window and we were flying out of Las Vegas to like get some shots of that. And I was working in Detroit on something and a guy who worked on Childish Gambino, he's okay. a rapper, yep. uh, worked on a few of his music videos. I showed him that video that I did and he's like, who's the director? I was like, me. He's like, who was the cinematographer? I was like, me. He's like, who was the editor? I was like, me. He's like, what was the budget? I was like, a $500 plane ticket? <laughs> that was it. So yeah, like I said, just being able to use what you have at your disposal can make you more creative rather than having a hundred thousand dollar budget or million dollar budget 
So you've you filmed, or maybe you're just friends with an MMA fighter. So yes, both. I, both. <laughs> so yeah, I have filmed with uh, Joe Riggs, who lives here, which is really cool that there's that level of MMA and talent in Great Falls, right? Which is really cool because he's a huge veteran of the sport. And then I've also worked with uh, Tim Welch and Sean O'Malley down in Phoenix, Arizona. So, okay. And that's another thing that I love filming is uh, martial arts and MMA because I actually. Uh, do jujitsu myself okay which is a lot of fun and good exercise and then i love watching the ufc so it's really cool to be able to work with people who are in that and then when we have big productions that are coming to town like the one that we have fusion fight league Mm -hmm. yeah fusion fight league and tommy the gun mcmillan yeah (laughs) and then uh, bkfc which is coming to great falls april 30th which is a huge event like i don't know if people understand how big that is for an organization like that to come here tell us more so Joe Riggs is fighting on the main card and it's bare knuckle fighting, just how it sounds and our bare knuckle boxing. And, uh, yeah, they've filmed from all over the United States to like from New York to Florida to Mexico. I don't think California, uh, Texas. And then they're coming to great falls. That is impressive. And they, and, and you heard it here Yes, <laughs> on a group, on a podcast about great falls. Yeah. And just the level of talent that they're bringing with them and, having a lot of the Montana people fight too, which is really cool. And the last one, uh, BKFC that they did here was in Billings and uh, all the Montana boys who fought won, which mm. is really cool. So I think they kind of saw that and they're like, wow, Montana has some talent. They're like, where are some other really good locations? And then now they have one coming to Great Falls. So it's got to be nerve wracking to film live sporting events like that because it's not like you're just going to stop the match and go, oh, I didn't get that. Could you redo it? Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten pretty good at just one-time takes. So just making sure that I'm paying attention, that I'm paying attention to what they're doing, that do I have it in focus? Is the lighting good? Do I need to change the exposure? All that stuff. So that all comes kind of secondhand of how I want to get the shot creatively. And then filming, uh, like you asked, next to the cage is intense. Like, it's intense, but I love it, and it's a lot of fun for me. And uh, one time there were these two heavyweights fighting, and they hit the cage right in front of me, and, like, sweat, like, rained down on me. And I was like, you can't get any closer than this. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did the camera jump back, or are you trained enough where you just sat there like, oh, it's going to hurt if they fall out of the cage on top of me? Oh, I'm always trained enough to keep rolling on something, even... <laughs> If I get hit. <laughs> That's one thing about being a camera guy, too, is you definitely have to become comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Yeah. I uh, One of my really good friends from college was a professional photographer. She's now a yogi in Park City. Yes, I called you out, Carrie. Um, but she would do all, like, horse-cow events. So she mm-hmm. would shoot at the NFR. She would shoot at, you know, National College Finals Rodeo and... I just watched her work and get these images and I would download and help edit and print them off. This back in the day when you still mm-hmm. printed photos. Yeah. <laughs> but the amount of time it took to for her to develop that skill to be able to capture the whole horse and rider and the cow in the same frame. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I've tried. I've tried to get those shots. I'm like, oh, missed the cowboy's head or oh, <laughs> didn't get the horse's feet in that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of time it takes to hone in on that skill I think same with filming there are so many times I've I don't even film anymore like people are like get your camera out I'm like no I'm not your person (laughs) yeah yeah but that too what uh 
I always say is like just learn the technical stuff as much as you can and experience it so then that takes a back seat to the creativity so you're not missing a shot because you're thinking like what should my aperture be at how should I frame this just so you know when you're there what you want to get and how you want to get it and it like I said it should be almost second nature to like dial in the settings and figure that out so you can get what you want to actually create so we've talked a lot about cameras and filming when you're not doing this which I just hear a lot of passion for you for doing this. I don't know if there's a moment in time when you're not doing this. I'm a total nerd. <laughs> I was going to call you a nerd, but I didn't want to offend no, you. I'm totally a nerd when it comes to <laughs> cameras and drones. I'm a business nerd, so you want to talk spreadsheets and numbers. <laughs> I get really excited about that. <laughs> we'll, be a, we'll be a blast at a party. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. So what do you get to do when you're not working on camera stuff? So I really love snowboarding. My wife snowboards also, so oh. I always go snowboarding at Showdown, which, if you ask me, is one of the best mountains that I've ever been to, and very cool little mountain. And then in the summertime, we're surfing uh, behind boats. In Montana? In Montana, yeah. When people, <laughs> people, I have some friends from L.A., they're like, oh, what'd you do today? I'm like, oh, I'm surfing. They're like, you're surfing? Because like, they think L.A. surfing right. you know, on the ocean. And here, like, yeah, you can get on the boat or there's natural waves that are created in certain places that you can surf on also. So when you don't think of Montana, you don't think of surfing. But that's a ton of fun. I go out with my friends and do that on their boat. <clears throat> and then uh, also I ride a one wheel. So I like to zip around on that. One wheel? Um is that the more modern term for unicycle, or is there <laughs> something else that... It's a little bit cooler than unicycle. It's kind of like that. So it's basically, it's like a board with one wheel. Okay. So it looks like a skateboard with the one wheel in yeah. the center. Yeah, one big wheel, and then it has like a gyro thing that like uh, keeps you stable on it, and then you just ride that around. So I That does sound that. really cool. Yeah, and then uh, training at Joe Riggs in Great Falls Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well for fun. That's all good, fun stuff. Um, I did get a really great metal picture of you riding a unicycle around Great Falls. <laughs> I now want to see that come to fruition. <laughs> I would crash for sure on a unicycle. We have, uh, we got the scooters dropped off mm. up here. Mm -hmm. That was enough for us. That has two wheels on mm -hmm. it. And, um, <laughs> they were so much fun and I was only on it for like a half a second. Yeah. Um, but we got some great film footage of mm -hmm. someone going around the corner and into the grass and doing all the things you're not supposed to do because it says yeah. don't ride on sidewalk. And mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of fun, too, those scooters. And that's such a cool thing to bring to Great Falls because whenever I've seen those, it's been in Los Angeles. It's been in Portland. It's been in Austin, Texas. It's been in, like, bigger, like, quote-unquote, modern areas or right. modern cities. And to actually see something like that come to Great Falls is really cool. And I think it's being utilized like crazy. People love it. Yeah, we had five scooters up here. There's none left. So, Jason, mm -hmm. if you're listening... <laughs> We need some scooters need some back scooters up here, Jason. because one of the things we wanted to do um, every Friday, my husband comes up and we go out to lunch for mm -hmm. work. That's like my Friday fun day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get a break from the office and go to lunch. And I told him, I said, we got scooters dropped off. He's like, do they have enough power to go up hills? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, yeah. And he says, well, then let's ride one of the scooters to lunch one day and then drive ride at home. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're lots of fun. My wife loves them. So whenever we go out to dinner downtown, we end up riding one of those around to somewhere else to so getting a drink or something or and whatnot. And then uh, one night we actually were all hanging out and having dinner and 
uh, there was a bunch of our friends, and we took them out. And there was like ten of us, like coming down the street on scooters, looking like it's a scooter gang. <laughs> it's fine, people. They're friendly. We're you friendly. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to worry about getting attacked by the scooter gang. But it does look it. I think because everyone in the in the scooter gang would be grinning from ear to ear, it's oh, yeah. a good indication mm-hmm. that these people are just out enjoying and ready to have some fun with you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. And like I said, it's such a cool thing to have in Great Falls. So we've talked about filming. We've talked about your film projects. We've talked about film locations. We've talked about you being a star. What else do we need to talk about? I don't know. I think we kind of covered it all other than just Montana's and oh. Great Falls is just an amazing place to be able to film anything, really. Because like I said, you drive five minutes to an hour and you have the most amazing scenery you've ever seen. I um, ended up with a phone call a couple of years ago from a gentleman who lives here part time. And he is a, a filmer, a guy who makes films. I don't remember his name, which mm-hmm. is probably good, because then I'd say it, and he'd be like, don't tell people I live here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which would be something I totally would do, and mm-hmm. then have to apologize later. But he says he's uh, been in Great Falls off and on for the last 25 years, and he absolutely loves it, because he can go out and capture so many different things at one time. Like, it's not, you're not jumping a plane to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Which I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And the wildlife, too. I love uh, wildlife photography, sort of my Mm. uh, side passion, what I love doing. And, uh, yeah, to be able to go out towards Shoto and be able to get grizzly bears or get all the birds around here, then eagles around here. And, yeah, it's just such a cool area since it's so centrally located that you can go to the mountains or you can go to the prairie to get something. I have to say wildlife photography, to me, has to be the utmost of patience to do that correctly mm-hmm. I couldn't even Im- or a really really good lens that allows you to zoom in and they mm-hmm. have no idea you're around but yeah yeah long lenses are key don't get close <laughs> to the wildlife but uh yeah sometimes you'll wait in a spot for a few hours or there'll be say a bison or a wolf or a grizzly bear or something who's in the trees and then you can't obviously can't be like hey come here I need to take a picture of you so you have to wait for them to naturally come into great lighting or great time of the day and uh yeah so it definitely takes patience but it is so worth it when you get a shot that is like wow that's amazing when you film do you take into account sunrise sunset those locations for lighting or do you does that unless it's specific to the shot does it bother you at all i usually so there's a thing called golden hour and that's the hour before the sun actually sets and that's when the light looks the best because it's coming from the side and uh yeah i will plan shoots depending on where the light's going to be is it coming from the east or is it coming from the west which way is the building facing which way is the talent facing so i think about all that before i go to a shoot like do we want it at noon if it's at noon do we need it in the shade yeah I know uh, when we work with photographers all the time, they're like, where's the light going to be? And it's more, I mean, that's all they ever said. And I say that with photographers because I haven't worked with a ton of mm-hmm. videographers, oh, yeah. cinematographers, filmers. Um, so I just assume that it's similar, but maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it is definitely similar in that you just want good light for whatever you're trying to capture because light 
is the most important thing in filmmaking, regardless of the cameras and everything else. Uh, because if you don't have good light or if you don't have the light that you need, it won't look how you want it to look. And there's a lot of times you can't always control that. So like in a studio environment, you can obviously control the lighting how you want. But like there's been so many days where I'm like, oh, we need to go shoot today. And then it rains or it doesn't look exactly how I want it to look. Right. So you have to wait for Mother Nature again. Yeah. Always waiting on Mother Nature. Oh, dang mama. Well, I hope everyone who's been listening has enjoyed how little I know about filming uh, the film industry and <laughs> becoming a movie star. Um, we really appreciate that you listen to us. And more importantly, I'm very grateful that Paris was able to come in and visit with us about his passion that he nerds out about in all different spectrums, which I think is really, really awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I love working in Great Falls and I love working with everybody here. And yeah, can I shout out my social media? Yes, go for it. <laughs> um, Instagram's my main thing. Follow me on uh, Instagram, Fresh Bread, at Fresh Bread Productions. Which I think is cool. And I'd been sad if your last name wasn't Bread. Mm -hmm. Would you have still gone with Fresh Bread Productions? No, definitely not. Really? I, just, I don't know. One day I just thought of it and everybody's like, oh, it's so cool. Like, Yeah. So. And I'm just going to shout out to your mom. Oh, um, yes. She's mm -hmm. also an artist, uh, amazing bead worker, and was featured in the a story of art in America, a documentary that you can see on Amazon Prime. All of the Great Falls artists are featured in episode four, including Paris's mom, Jackie. Mm -hmm. She is amazing, too. I always tell everybody that I've seen her artwork every single day in my life, and it still amazes me what she can do. Well, I was surprised, shocked. I'm going to say shocked. The detail, she does faces and people. Mm-hmm. That is tough. Mm -hmm. She used to be a painter, so she understands like the oh. light and how the shadows hit and all that. And then she moved that over to beading. And then, yeah, like I said, that because I've tried it a little bit as a kid and there's no way that I could do that. No, I'd be lucky to be able to do a straight line. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah, which I'm actually working on pre-production of doing my own documentary about my mom. So. <gasps> I can't wait for that one. That should be cool. That would be, that's, I'm going to nerd out about that just mm -hmm. because I think those things are cool when you can tell stories about not just your family, but mm -hmm. artists. Yeah. I just think that's fun. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for being here and all you, uh, wherever you are listening, thanks for listening. We're getting better every time and you're just going to love having one host <laughs> and then I'm going to ruin all your dreams and bring in a second eventually. <laughs> <laughs> so until we see your bright, smiling, happy, healthy, beautiful face here in Great Falls, we're sitting here at the base camp at 15 Overlook Drive waiting to help you plan your trip to this beautiful base camp of art and adventure. So until we see your bright, smiling face, hope you're having a great time wherever you are and enjoying memories with your family and friends. We are no damn experts as the recorded claims from Great Falls, Montana, covering what you need to know about this amazing damn town. Damn, that felt good.